a position I have right now is to look at these different technology solutions that are out there and kind of like help the safety professionals see these aren't going to take away from you. <laughs> these aren't replacing you. You know, the robots aren't here to take our jobs, but, you know, analytics can help us do our jobs so we can actually focus our time with people. I'm Tracy Lovejoy. And I'm Shannon Lucas. We are the co-CEOs of Catalyst Constellations, which is dedicated to catalyzing innate change makers to accelerate positive change around the world. This is our podcast, Move Fast, Break Shit, Burnout, where we highlight catalysts that are creating amazing change in the world. We are very excited to have time today with Abby Ferry. Abby is a practical, creative, and influential safety and risk management consultant, podcaster, and author recently, yay, Abby. She leverages social media, voice, and the latest technology to advocate for worker safety and equity. Her years in construction have prepared her for any industry, and Abby's innovative approach has impacted thousands of workers, students, and safety peers worldwide. Worldwide. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Abby. Thank you. I was just thinking how move fast, break shit, burn out. That's like a day in the life on a construction site. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so true. I love it. Apply it in new settings. Yeah, that's a that's a great new frame. Thank you. So we'd love to kick off, Abby, by hearing how do you relate to the concept of catalyst? Well, like I mentioned when we were talking a little bit before, um, I've taken chemistry classes. So when I hear catalyst, I think of you know chemical reactions and making things happen faster. So as a person that's been identified as a catalyst, it's, it's a compliment. Um, and I, I like to see myself as someone who gets in there and helps people speed things up or do things, maybe not so much speeding it up, but maybe more efficiently just doing it better. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm excited to hear more given what we were listening to in our conversation earlier about how you are catalyzing change in your industry. So talk to us about what is it that you're doing? How are you shaking things up? Yeah. So I already have been coached by you two. I feel like I should be paying you for a coaching session because I've already taken my own notes about how I'm doing this. <laughs> so we came up with like a new mission statement, right? That I can, I can go forward and use. So I use influence and communication and not only for myself, but also helping people to do that better it, in their own workplaces or you know as a consultant some of them too and also using data um safety professionals are kind of scared sometimes of well we have a lot of data that we can collect in our profession but a lot of it is junk and so there's technology out there these days that can help us sort through that and so i feel that a position i have right now is to look at these different technology solutions that are out there and kind of like help the safety professionals see these aren't going to take away from you. <laughs> these aren't yeah. replacing you. You know, the robots aren't here to take our jobs, but, you know, analytics can help us do our jobs so we can actually focus our time with people. So uh, I, I spend some time doing that and I feel that's a, a good thing that the profession needs. And then the last thing that I identified as revolutionizing the look of people on the job site or in the workplace, whether it's a safety professional, a quality inspector, or a carpenter foreman, four person, journey person, 
man, <laughs> we're, we're trying to use different terms too. <laughs> That's the communication part. So uh, I'm actually on a technical report committee. I'm the vice chair of it for um, generating a technical report on guidelines for the fit and selection of PPE for women. And so in that process, there's a lot of us that are, you know, are really smart. We've been in the industry for a while, but we're mm -hmm. learning things that are just like shocking us. And so it's cool to get that information out in a report um, for other people in our profession, but also for the workers that are out there like, yeah, just give me stuff that fits. So we're going to give them the science and the data behind that. So using my podcast, Safety Justice League, um, as a platform and also that technical report, I think are some ways that I am, you know, tangibly getting this out there. How lucky the industry is to have you. What is it that's happening in safety that feels like it's a moment that is needing redefinition? Yeah, it, like COVID, right? Um, COVID happened and safety people became temperature checkers. And we're so much more than that. You know, we became the, the mask patrol and we're so much more than that. And also we can give you more information on how to select and identify the right mask to wear, you know, we're, we've been right here, you know, we can help you. So COVID came along and it feels like the, the profession just had like this identity crisis. And I was seeing this on social media posts that some safety professionals were really getting into their role as a communicator of someone, um, taking in public health information and making it make sense for the workplace. And people were doing pretty good with that. Other people would say, mm -mm, I'm not a doctor. I can't talk to anyone about this. And it's like, well, you know, what happens in the outside world, it comes into our workplace. You can't just close the door and like lock it out. Mm -hmm. So there were these two different, not, not so much extremes, but just two different approaches to the profession during COVID. And it feels like we're kind of, you know, coming out from all of that, like, okay, the lights, the lights bright now, um, people are looking at safety professionals and what do we have for them? I don't know. Um, our profession fights with each other about being professional, being ethical. And so I think there's just a lot of room for redefining, uh, what the profession is. What does that look like for you right now in terms of redefinition? It's kind of a mess also. <laughs> uh, I mean, just this morning, uh, a friend posted something in a, a safety group I'm in, and it was a job post that mentioned for a safety professional, they wanted to make sure that the person um, could take criticism and wouldn't get defensive and like these very specific things. And all I could think of was, wow, who, who hurt you? You know, who's the safety professional that was in this role that just really messed it up for the next person. So now not only does the next person have to prove themselves personally, but also really define what the profession is for that company, like make it legit. So I think that's, that's what's going on. And it's, it's tough because, you know, construction, manufacturing, warehouses, um, the way that safety's practice is so different. And so mm -hmm. that's good. You know, that's, there's opportunity to define the profession well, but it's also tough because, yeah. you know, there is no one universal description of what a safety professional is. Yeah. What do you find are some of the key challenges that safety professionals are facing today? Um, gosh, uh, there's always the, the pushback from workers. You know, there's always someone that's like, 
where does OSHA say that we have to do this? <laughs> and sometimes, I mean, I don't read OSHA regulations all day. Um, I know there's some people I communicate with that they need an OSHA reference for everything. And then others who are more pleasant to work with don't need that. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's always a struggle is communicating the standards, which I mean, a day-to-day -day worker, they really shouldn't care about the individual OSHA standards. The safety professional needs to make that live at the organization. It's like, we're coming up with safety processes and policies and training. And yeah, it's meeting the OSHA regulations because those are bare minimum. So don't worry about that. But for some reason, maybe it's, you know, not having a, a legit profession or people having a good outlook on the profession that people think they can push back and ask mm -hmm. for, you know, where does it say that? It's like, mm -hmm. well, I'm telling you that because mm -hmm. I've looked at the hazards you face at work and I've identified how we can control them. That's I it. know that a, a key place that, that we intersect in our work is around this notion of influence. And I'm guessing it relates deeply to what you're talking about. What is the advice that you give your folks around influence when they're not the one in charge and they're getting questions like this? Right. So at a lot of workplaces and a lot of individual professionals, people have realized the value of having safety champions identified. And as we were talking earlier, I feel like safety champion sounds kind of weak, even though it's like champion. Okay. That's good. But it does kind of sound like, oh, you're a champion, <laughs> you know, great. Um, we're not going to listen to you. So I like the term catalyst. So maybe I'll start saying, you know, find your safety catalysts, the people that are, you know, for, in a construction setting, if I'm giving a tailgate meeting and there's a supervisor, or maybe someone that's not even a supervisor, they're a lead person or the lowest person on the crew, but they have a safety mindset and they're taking the messages that I'm saying. And they're like, Oh, I get it. And I can even build off of it. And so you're my catalyst now. Mm -hmm. And when I identify those people, I communicate directly to them because they have more influence on their crew than me. Cause I'm really nobody, you know, as a safety professional at an organization, I'm a source, you know, a resource for people, a source of information, but usually a safety professional isn't directly supervising any work. You know, we mm -hmm. are giving information to the supervisor who then tells everybody how to do the work safely, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sometimes those supervisors don't communicate like that. So it is nice to have those catalysts on the crew, um, because then they'll, they'll influence, they'll influence their, their workers or their, their coworkers that they're next to every day. And sometimes that goes further than what a supervisor says. Yeah. It's, it's so intersecting again with, uh, work that Shannon and I do, you know, we work with organizations to help them find folks like you're talking about to help be the diffusion. Yeah. of new ideas, of innovation, you know, to help the organization connect, not just from the top down, but across. And I love how you say it can be the person, you know, down here at the bottom on the construction site that they can still be elevating those safety ideas. Yeah. I, I used to kind of get down on myself from my earliest job experiences because I think, you know, I was young. I, I started at 21 as a director of safety for a construction company. Like what? No one's listening to me. You know, if they don't listen to me now, cause they call me kid, imagine back then it was bad. Um, <laughs> and so I felt that the executives were behind me, you know, the, the CEO president of the company was like, 
here's your Amex, go take whatever training you need, go buy whatever you need for the cruise. Like just, just go. Okay. Awesome. Um, but I still didn't feel that empowered. Uh, but then when I get to the job site and I'm talking to project managers and even superintendents, they still wanted to stifle, you know, what I was doing or mold how I practice safety. And it worked sometimes, you know, they worked on me <laughs> that I would hold back or um, soften the message or not hold them to some specific things when I should have. Uh, but then I would talk to, you know, the, uh, the field workers, you know, just a, a laborer, carpenter, operator, and they would feed me information. And so I started to get that information. They trusted me um, if they needed a different size glove. I would bring them four samples like here, try these on, let me know what you think. And they were like, Whoa, no one's ever done that. They usually just go and buy the cheapest shit (laughs) that they can find on the shelf and bring that back to work. But I was just giving them choice, which to me, you know, as a woman, it's like, you got to try stuff on that you're going to wear like, hello. And the mostly men, you know, on the cruise, they appreciated that approach. They're like, Oh, wow, cool. So I would do just little things like that. And that's a real example, plus glasses too, trying out glasses and getting people, their cheater readers, you know, they had never known that there were safety cheater reader glasses and their minds were blown. They're like, wow, she's showing us new stuff. Mind you, they were like $6 safety glasses, but they were blown away. And so I delivered for them on that. And then we get to some really good stuff. They're like, Hey, we're going into a 22 foot deep trench you know, in a couple of weeks, what do you think about that? And I'm like, (gasps) do we have this? Do we have that? Let's talk about this. And so then we got into like the real safety stuff, like the real, you know, preventing serious stuff from happening. Um, but it took a little bit, you know, I, I had to show them, you know, that I was here and invested and cared. And then they just came forth with the information after that. It was really cool. That is such a powerful story. And it, it, there's like so many amazing nuggets of what it means to be influential in that, Abby. Thank you that from, okay, I'm being dismissed. I need to recognize in the system, there's a different path. Hmm. And then, you know, understanding what's valuable to the key folks that you want to build relationships with, delivering that value, building the trust over time, and then seeing that they're beginning to pull you in because of these small wins that you have begun to build up. That is fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. It's like then just repeat, right? With like higher stakes. So, but you kind of have to start with the lower stakes, I guess, at first. And some people, they want to jump to the high stakes and then be mad that people don't trust them, but we do need to build that trust with the people. So, I mean, if people just want to take my example and just do that, like go for it. (laughs) It's so powerful. And I, I just love it. Thank you for sharing those challenges, those learnings. It's really important to our audience. And I appreciate it. Cool. With that, I'm going to turn it over to Shannon for a little bit of rapid fire. All right, Abby, you ready? Yes. I feel like I need a hard hat or something on, like I need protection. (laughs) I don't have anything, so we should change the name for this one. You're right. Um, In two minutes or less, what actionable nuggets of advice do you have for catalysts out there or said another way, something perhaps you wish you had known when you were 20, although it sounds like you were crushing it at 21. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I was crushing it. Um, I think listening is probably a big one that often when we're younger and wanting to prove ourselves or early career or 
new to a company, you want to like really get in there and like go for it, but you can really disarm people and build that trust by just listening, you know, ask the open-ended questions, you know, like you just did and, um, just listen and then deliver on that, you know, pick up on things that they're telling you and actually do something based on what they've said. Yeah, that's so powerful. I'm thinking of both my 21 year old son, who's finally leaning into getting some coaching. And I, I connected it with a, with a time when I was in my twenties, when someone gave me some really good advice and it hurt. I think there's a part where it's like, it might not always, you know, might not always be like kudos or just easy, easy, like tips and tricks. It might be like, Hey, you might want to think about modifying your behavior that way. But when people are offering that, I love the, just like listening to it. That's so yes. powerful. Take it. And another piece of advice on that is tell the people you're going to use the information for good. Nice. I used to say that too. Cause some people think, ah, oh, the safety person's a narc. I'm not going to tell her anything. And it's like, no, I promise to use your information for good. And I may withhold it from some that would not use it well. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> what do you, advice do you have for executives in finding and leveraging their catalysts? Uh, so this is like super loaded, right? Cause it's the great resignation, the great reshuffling. And I think that organizations, and I see it already, they're losing their catalysts because they're not listening. They're not giving them opportunities for, or not even just opportunities. They're not communicating with them. Like, Hey, we think you're great. Here's some of our ideas and plans for you. Um, I think the problem is that people have become very short term based on COVID, you know, we're all kind of like, what's going to happen, you know, stuff is still kind of up in the air. Um, so I think communicating, if you feel you want someone to stick around and that you value and see, you know, people just want to be seen, right. It's all the, the cliche kind of cheesy stuff, but like executives have to communicate that. And if they're going to communicate it to a supervisor who then communicates it to a manager who then communicates it to the catalyst, fine. But an executive saying, I think you're awesome and your ideas are cool. And I'd love to hear more of them. That could go a long way. Amen. More of that, please. <laughs> yes. What's the worst part about being a catalyst? It's like that, that bleeding edge thing, right? That like, and you guys probably listen to Gary Vaynerchuk where he talks about being historically correct. You know, some stuff that he talks about, I'm like, oh, Gary. Um, but I think the historical correctness is something that you may never have that validation. It might be in a hundred years that someone's yeah. like, oh my God, Abby was right. Or it might be in like two weeks that someone comes around. So I think, um, just keep like, people should keep speaking up, like using their position, however they can for influence, but knowing that they may not be instantly rewarded or rewarded even at all <laughs> where they're at right now. It's so true. And it can be so painful. And that can also just add to the burnout because like, where's the energy coming in when the catalysts are the energy going out to change the system. Yep. And so, you know, we work with catalysts and ourselves, like we have this built into how we work, like what are the mini celebrations that we can do along the way? That's right. Because there's not a lot of times when people on the outside are looking in or, or we've left by the time to your point, the thing we're dead by the time. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, can't celebrate that. Yes. I actually, I have a safety and risk management colleague, Faye Feeney. She's amazing. And, um, she always says, take your lap. So even like, I'll have some pretty big wins to celebrate and I won't, I'll move on. It's like, ah, people will see that whatever. I've got the word on the shelf. Fine. 
but she says, take your lap. And so sometimes I have to think of, okay, well, how am I going to celebrate this? So I think that's a good perspective. If like someone else is telling you, like you should celebrate the thing, you should probably take some time to celebrate it. However, that looks to you. Yeah. Going back to nugget of advice, listen to those people. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> All right. What's the best part about being a catalyst? Maybe it is that historical correctness. Um, Cause you know, some stuff, it does come up pretty quick, like in a social media, fast paced world, people are like, oh, that was good. Or, you know, there's tons of likes on a tweet cause it resonates with people, but sometimes it's like a throwaway thing that you said, but people are like, yeah, that's good. Um, so I think being a catalyst is that you're, you're speeding up even your own communication and getting stuff out there. Um, James Altucher, the person that like catalyzed me to write these two books that I did, like he will say those types of things. So it's like just idea machine, um, you know, just keep ideas out there. Uh, sometimes when I'm thinking of people that have their own consulting business or work in a specific line of work, I'm like, I have a couple ideas for you and just send it to them whatever my, I was just thinking of stuff and here, like, I, I don't need anything from it. If it's something I feel I might need something from then I'll tell them, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> let's have lunch or buy me a coffee or more. Um, right. so yeah, I think that's probably the best. Yeah. The gifts that catalysts bring, not just to the work that they're doing, but to the, the world around them. Yeah. Yeah. And just get those ideas out. Cause then more are going to come. So communicate them. Yes. Well, so I know you have a podcast, you have some books. So is there a specific call to action that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, I guess the best would be to listen, subscribe and review <laughs> to your podcast and the safety justice league. <laughs> I know how hard it is out there. Um, as podcasters, like we definitely do it for the love. Um, it would be nice to do it for some money too. <laughs> so get at us. If you want to sponsor any of our podcasts, for sure. We'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, what she said. Thank you, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Abby, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you and, and yeah, finding out more about an industry that we didn't know a lot about. Um, so we're excited to continue watching and listening about your uh, revolutionizing of the safety professionals industry. Thank you. Thank you so much to our listeners for listening. If you'd like to learn more about how to accelerate positive change, go to our website, catalystconstellations.com. And be sure to check out our book, Move Fast, Break Ship, Burnout. If you have other catalysts in your life, hit the share button and send a link their way.